Welcome to episode 54 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 54, post to post like buttered toast. We'll go one-on-one and best of with NHL fan favorite, star broadcaster, hockey executive, and Stanley Cup champion, Glenn Healy. Father-son fun talk will borrow Cupid's twig to score. Straight from the heart. We'll go gold, gold, gold for love-inspired athlete names. And we'll head for home on episode 54 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a did-you-know sports spotlight. And Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 54 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy February, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. So glad that you're with us here for episode 54 of Father-Son Fun Talk. And uh, it's now my privilege. It's my pleasure, as I always do every month as we broadcast Father-Son Fun Talk on the airways to introduce the co-host, the star of the show, my forever champ and chum, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man? I am doing outstanding and can't wait to kick off episode 54. 54 episodes of father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship. Uh, this may be our shortest month, everybody, but it is always a big month for your champs and chums. It's February, and Ashton, how is February, February the month of February, rolling for you, my man? Uh, yeah, it's going pretty well. Lots of uh, fun stuff in February that we did. So uh, we're going to recap that here in the opening monologue. Yeah, the opening segment here. And um, well, I mean, I guess if I could take the stage for a little bit, um, you know, February is, is a special month for a lot of people. It's extra special for me, Ashton, uh, because your you're, uh, your co-host here, yours truly, uh, celebrated my number season number 51 uh and i'm certainly looking forward to another winning edition of this thing called life and uh so glad that i get a chance to do it with you uh um it, yeah it just a, another year bolder is what i say ashton yep that is very true good stuff and uh, any words of advice uh, for the uh, your co-host here who uh who uh turned the page uh wearing Number 51 in your program. Uh, any words of advice for uh, for dear old dad? Or I should say dear dear bold dad. Yeah. Um, stay strong. Keep a good mindset. Um, you're doing very good, so keep up the great work. And don't think of it as you're 51 as you're older. Think of it as you're 51 years younger. Wow. 
Ashton, if you were my coach, which I, I, I look up to you, my man, I would jump in and run through a wall for you. If I was on your team here and that kind of motivation to kick off the show. So uh, early fist bumps here on episode 54. So glad you're with us. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, beyond uh, the, the special birthday, we actually want to shout out to a, uh, a, an original member of Champs and Chums. She continues to help us sound so great as we power the airwaves and our monthly broadcasts. And that is um, a one half of the Power Girls. Ashley Ashley celebrated her 17th birthday earlier this month. And uh, yeah, we want to wish you a shout out to an amazing friend of the show. Ashley, we, we know you had a great day. Ashton, what do you want to say to, you, uh, to your chum, Ashley? Well, uh, yeah, it was very fun um at your birthday party oh yes yeah we had that was that was a a really good time yeah that was a really good you want time. to describe for the listeners some of the fun things we would have done uh so we did some karaoke karaoke got hold, the vocals hold, going hold on a second Car- karaoke of the singing variety yeah are you saying that the man just across from me in the broadcast booth uh uh grabbed the mic uh, cleared his voice and uh, waxed some musical poetic for his uh, for his family and friends. Yeah. Um, wow. Get the you know pipes warm and uh, yeah, I did. I'd say I did pretty good. Yeah. Um, played some ping pong, had some delicious food, and um, some delicious cake as well. And um, we can't forget Uncle Dennis. And, yeah, Uncle Dennis and yeah. all the musical uh, tech, the technical yeah, the tech, yeah. solution there. And then Ashley and uh, my cousin Adam, they went to go on the Tim's run. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the legendary Tim's run. And uh, you tried. Uh, you're getting me hungry thinking about this because yeah. we actually had a few. T- that very day, I remember uh, we went. I think it was three Tim Hortons experiences. The morning. And we'll get to the backstory in a sec because we want to save some of the good thunder as we announce our best of guest. We had lunchtime, you and I, on, on the way back. And then the evening, that's right. What do you think of those retro donuts? Um, I have only tried one, but... Mm-hmm. Which one is... would that be? Uh, just uh, let the listeners know. So there's the Walnut Crunch, the... Cinnamon Sugar Twist, the Blueberry Fritter, and the Dutchie. Um, I've only tried the Cinnamon Sugar Twist, and it is very good. It's exceptional. Yeah, I I recommend um, trying the Retro Donuts at Tim Hortons. Only pack, maybe for the year, um, because it's... Limited time only, folks. Yeah, yeah, And, 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 and Sun over here nudged me to try the Walnut Crunch, and yeah, I mean, um... I, I I saw that, an ad. That, that that was mid. Yeah, I I, was I saw an ad, and like people were so excited. They were touting it, eh? Well, you yeah. you, you re- really sold it on me one February day. Can't remember which day it was. And family uh, day. Oh, that's right. That's right. Family day. I so I decided we pulled into a, a local Tim's drive-through. He really sold it, everyone. I I took a bite, and yeah, it was just okay. It wasn't <laughs> it hitting. It was just okay. 
But that sugar, that sugar twist donut, uh, it, it's exceptional. I tried the Dutchies. Um, you said you were disappointed. With the Dutchies? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it certainly didn't conjure up any, uh, you know, legendary memories of having it in the past. Like, uh, I was a little disappointed by it. And uh, what was the other one you mentioned there? The blueberry, blueberry fritter. Okay, I got that one's on my on my uh, my bomb sites to try on my uh, my uh, uh, my palate. I will have to get to that because I actually enjoy the apple fritter. Yeah, I, I think it's like the apple fritter, but with blueberry instead. So yeah, I'm gonna give that a yeah, shot. Yeah, anyway, should lots, be good. lots of great times uh, in February. We roll from our uh, champ and chum Ash- Ashley's birthday. To speaking of rolling and enjoying yourself and having a great experience, Ashton, congratulations on going to your first ever school semi-formal. Um, Thoughts? Yeah. Well, feelings? It was your first one. I mean, you were quite excited. This guy was this guy was jacked up for it. First of all, he was dressed to the nines. Everybody, you may have seen. Some of the great evidence of that on uh, on our social channel, but uh, you look great that night. Uh, how was the night? L- the the listeners want to know. Um, it was very good. We got food. We got to dance. They had a lot of um dance crews, which you would put on your own outfits, and you uh, change it to your outfits, and then you do your dance, uh, with your um friends. And uh, we danced, and there was a dance king and a dance queen. And Did you, were you nominated? No, but but there, you, you there certainly was... supported the eventual dance king and dance queen. I think I saw the photos on social there. Yeah. RMS does a really nice job on social, by the way. Shout out to to what they do. Uh, I think I saw it was Arian and Emma. Uh, Did I get yeah, that right? Arian and Emma. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, um, what made it so special? Um, it was my first ever, well, if you're not counting the Halloween day, I will, this is my first ever semi-formal, like, Yeah, it's a chance to play dress up. It ain't, it ain't a chance to put on a costume. It's a chance to really play dress up and, I mean, uh. Every parent there was, you know, you know, smiling from ear to ear, just seeing uh, their kids uh, shine and, and 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 sparkle and have a great time. Of course, we weren't there in the room. The Ashton, you're you're getting to an age now where you just don't want the parents involved in in anything that would involve your chumps, right? Uh, fun things, right? And and totally on side. But yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Well, listen, uh, everyone, it, uh, February continued to uh, to move along exceptionally well. Um, we were just bowled over by all the excitement. At uh, Now, this is obviously, as you know, if you've listened to our episodes, the Raptors 905 are the team for your champs and chums. We had the opportunity to uh, get up close and personal with, um, with the boys, with the team. Ashton, why don't you tell them about that experience? So, um, the Raptors 905 bowling night, um, was the event that we went to, and, um, it was held at Classic Bowl, Mississauga. Yeah, shout out to Classic Bowl, they, they, that was the scene of the, of the, uh, the good times, uh, last year, they brought it again uh, this year, it's a fabulous facility, uh, 
one should check it out. Uh, oh, man, there must have been like 20 bowling lanes there. I think there was like 50-something. Oh, I don't know about that, man. But, that like, may, but uh, yeah. From the separate that the 905 got, I think, yeah, there was must have been like 20 or 30. Um, it could have been more. You're very well yeah. right. But anyhow, carry on. Um, So this time, we did get a player, but he didn't bowl. Kobe Simmons. Oh, that's right. Shout out to I, Kobe I think, Simmons. I think his, his hand. His wrist. Or his yeah. wrist. Yeah, so it. he couldn't bowl. Yeah. But we did bowl with the the guy who went to Indianapolis. That's Christian Siakam, which is Pascal Siakam's brother. Yeah, we got a chance to uh, to bowl uh, shoulder to shoulder, uh, frame by frame. Uh, with Pascal Siakam's bro, yep. uh, uh, Christian Siakam, who's an assistant coach on your Raptors 905. And uh, man, Ashton, he's quite a bowler. Oh, yeah. Um, he was hitting strikes. Like, Every other frame, probably. Uh, yeah. And if he wasn't hitting strikes, he was hitting spares. Like, he was, he was really good. Well, from strikes to stripes. Yep. Our man. Uh, one of our best of chums, and you know, uh, we always love going down to the games and, and catching them at courtside, and we always see our forever champ and chum stripes, and he always has time for us, but he always seems to have more time for his best of chum. That's you, Ashton, and nothing changed when we were having a little bit of din before the uh, before the bowling. He came over and made a beeline towards you. Yeah, so we were taking... Uh, pitchers with stripes, and uh, right when I came up, he gave me a huge hug. So yeah, yeah, he's a super guy, super guy that stripes, and yeah, just a great time. Uh, you know, fans, uh, if you've had an opportunity to uh, to to watch professional or even am- amateur sports, it's the excitement of a game, excitement of a match, but it's how the athletes perform on and off the court. And I tell you. Uh, <laughs> You know, you say family with Raptors 905, and you really feel that. Like, you know, everybody from the, you know, from the, uh, you know, the, the, the head office, right, the, uh, the, the basketball operations um, to the entertainers on game day to obviously the stars of the show, the players, they just all go out of their way. They totally get it. They understand community, and uh, it was a great time. In fact... If we were to bounce back to kind of school, Ashton, at the time of this recording, you were only a day removed from, speaking of community and community engagement, you put on a wonderful clinic at the speech event uh, just last night at the time of this recording. Care to tell the fans what your topic was and how you think you did and what was sort of the reason and rationale for it? So my topic was uh, why professional athletes are role models for today's youth. I found it was an interesting topic, researching on it, and knowing a lot about sports, it really helped. And I mentioned some of my own stories that I had, uh, like when I went down to the Blue Jays game. After the John Schneider uh, press, press conference, the junior jays uh membership uh yep that was it and then i got my ball signed by nate pearson and he didn't leave until every kid got his signature 
And I also talked about um, more local here in Brampton, just at uh, my local Freshco. They held a toy drive for the uh, Peel Children's Aid Society, and they collected over a thousand toys, giving the kids gifts for Christmas. And um, the best thing about it um, was that all the players that came to that Freshco to support that cause, they came on their own time to support a great cause. And uh, I brought the props with me. I brought the baseball signed by Nate Pearson, and I brought the 905 jersey. Um, so, yeah, I think I did pretty good. Some some parts where I might have paused and for like a second and then just got back on track, but... Overall, I think I did pretty oh, you, good. You did, you did exceptional, man. Well done. And I mean, nothing's ever perfect. It's always a journey. And I think one of the things I really like about you when you prepare for it is that you have to feel the topic. You have to enrich yourself with what the topic is. It becomes information. But when you start feeling it, when you have passion to it, when you put purpose into something, you don't have to read off a cue card. You don't have to reference it. You can just speak, as we're doing here in this format here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Just talking. Father-son fun talk. Yeah. You've been able to carry it from behind the microphone here in the broadcast booth to a stage in front of uh, uh, many fans. Uh, all the parents were just delighted to see their kids up there. And I, I remember what your, your specialty teacher said uh, the uh, on the English side who ran this event, she talked about if you are a great speaker, you have the ability to influence. If you match the ability of being a great speaker with the opportunity and the privilege to influence, then you have the opportunity to be a change maker. And that's an, an, an exceptional thing. So uh, big bumps again to you. Great job by you and your entire class. Um, you guys did a fa a fabulous job. Well, listen, uh, we've been bouncing off many topics here, and I heard you talk about Blue Jays. I am real excited. I got Blue Jays fever, everybody, because at the time of this recording, opening pitch on preseason spring training, the first game for your Toronto Blue Jays, uh, rookie sensation Ricky Tiedemann takes the bump to face, I believe it's the Philadelphia Phillies, in Clearwater, Florida. The boys are back. Uh, not yet in Toronto, but it feels like the boys are back. Wall-to-wall -wall coverage of all the spring training action um, on Sportsnet. Uh, we're looking forward to it. And I, you know what? Um, they've kind of decided to run it back a bit. They made some structural changes on the coaching side. Picked up a few... Um, uh, I guess, great value kind of players like IKF. Um, they picked up um, Eduardo Escobar as well. They got Yariel Rodriguez, the Cuban flamethrower, who's going to be probably coming out of the, uh, uh, coming out of the bullpen. Um, they made some really smart moves. And, and you know, you got to think that some of these guys that had, su uh, that had subpar seasons, like the captain Alejandro Kirk, uh, one Vladdy Guerrero, George Springer, a healthy George Springer, bringing back KK. Uh, Varsho is probably going to be much better in his second year in a Blue Jays uniform. Ashton, I am really excited about Blue Jays baseball this this season. 
Oh yeah, I totally agree. And um, you pretty much summarized it all. That was a great summary. Well, um, thank you. I pride myself on being a little bit of an analyst. I am no um, uh, uh, Buck Martinez uh, or Dan Shulman or all those other greats, right? But, uh, well, speaking of that, though, speaking of father-son news, everybody, um, on the Blue Jays side, it was just announced only a couple weeks ago that a father-son combo, the great Dan Shulman, the award-winning um North American, North American, globally renowned broadcaster who is a broadcaster for your Toronto Blue Jays. His son, Ben Shulman of Raptors 905 fame and who called some Blue Jay games over the radio has become the full-time broadcaster. Ashton, what a great father-son story that is. Oh yeah, I mean, um, Dan and Ben, um, I've heard them so many times, um, whether it's just listening to them on the car ride back from the Blue Jays game on uh, Jays Talk or just listening to the game in my home. I mean, uh, they're both a great father-son duo, and it's great to see where they're both, grow- where they're both going. So, Well, you know what? Kudos to that. I mean, they're... I mean, uh, uh, Dan Shulman, formerly the uh, the fan, f- uh, four t- he was an original on the fan, actually, when it opened to CJCL, uh, 1430, 92. And he's, he, wow, he has done so many amazing things. Uh, starred for ESPN, did multiple broadcasts, not just baseball. He did, ba- he did uh, college basketball as well, too. The Sportsnet really wanted to sign him because he was such a, a, a big talent. And now... Bring it on his uh, his son uh, Ben. What what a great uh, what a great father son story that is. Hopefully we'll get an opportunity. There's only five games left in the in the nine oh five season, Ash, and hopefully may not happen because now Ben has taken on the role of uh, as Blue Jays broadcaster. He might be in Dunedin, but nonetheless, maybe we'll get a chance to see him at a nine oh five game. Yeah, um, he's. Uh, always there, and uh, we haven't got the chance to go up to him yet, but we'll see if we can. And uh, going back to the Blue Jays' season, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so the Phillies, they're playing in their first um, spring training game, and um, your favorite player from last year, Whit Merrifield, is on the Phillies. That's right. Uh, the man that I actually adorned his jersey. There wasn't any in uh, at the Blue Jay shop, but your dad said no. This man is uh, is uh, if he's got one fan, and he had many, but if he had only one fan left, that, that would, would be, be him. that would be me. Uh, I just love the way that guy played. He's kind of he's multi-purpose, great fielder, kind of a streaky hitter, uh, lots of speed, a veteran player. Signed for an $8 million deal, Ash. A paltry $8 million <laughs> he was yeah. signed for with the Philadelphia Phillies. Good luck to, uh, well, I never got a chance to meet him, Ashton. I, you know, if I had stuck around oh, that yeah. last day of the season, and I, I, I wanted to bring you home because it was a Sunday and I wanted school. to make sure you were home by 6, and, or 6 6.30. So, uh, yeah, I, we didn't stick around, but I probably would have met him that, that evening because the players came out to celebrate and there was that video I saw, Whit Merrifield with a champagne bottle spraying all the fans at that, that state. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and also what I'm excited for, 
um, this coming Blue Jays season is we have a healthy Alec Manoa. Oh, how could I forget? Great, great analysis there, my man. Yeah, uh, a much uh, 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 trimmed down yeah. Alex Manoa. I mean, uh, he's doing very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, spring training is uh, is interesting. Uh, when he kind of gets some maybe live game action, we'll see if he's been able to really improve the mechanics. I mean, it's easy kind of just to stand on the mound and simulate something with, with your own catcher. When he f- faces some uh, opposing bats um, in spring training, it'll be interesting to see. I think he's probably got the fifth starter um, spot uh, locked down. I think you'll see Yariel Rodriguez coming out of the bullpen and maybe sort of uh, have some spot starts. So I, I think they owe that to Manoa. I mean, geez, it was only two years ago, Ashton, that he was just a finalist for, uh, as, for the Cy Young Award. So, I mean, my, my how the mighty has fallen. But you know what? A great story if he can come back. I think there was a lot of things that were that were probably bothering him and troubling him. And you know how it is. It's kind of a spiral, right? If you lose your confidence in anything and you don't believe it's going to be hard to come back. And it was a difficult season for him, but nice to see him rebound. He looks in great shape. He's saying the right things. Let's see how he does in some of the spring training uh, uh, warm-up games. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, well, listen, let's keep moving here, everybody, because we've had some fun February father-son fun talk, and uh, hockey's always been very um, special to us. And Ashton and I, uh, again, made a very special visit down to uh, it's kind of a home away from home uh this is a uh, uh audio uh platform but i'm looking here fans at what represents our fifth picture next to a chum his name is stanley and another beautiful picture at the grand hall sorry the great hall i guess you call it both ashton yeah but um we we went down earlier this month to the hockey hall of fame um what makes you want to go back time and time again ashton um there's so much stuff to do there and also there's so many or so much uh like jerseys gloves helmets skates so much memorabilia that when you look at it you really think about how you know how hockey history um has you could say evolved and because they have lots of past stuff from like that that's from a while um well i think that's what's beautiful about any hall of fame ashton i mean you just talked about memorabilia i'll use the word artifacts right of 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 yesteryear you know, in the Hall of Fame is the very first skates of that Wayne Gretzky laced up. As a Even kid, yeah. As a kid, um, there you see the uh, the uh, you know the, the 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 gold medal net when Crosby scored the golden goal. Then you go over to the international corner and you see how the game has evolved to have um, uh, players and, and and athletes from some countries that you never believed actually that could pick up a stick and play, and they did. Right. So it's a global game. And I think what's beautiful about the Hall of Fame is that every time you go and look at a piece of memorabilia an exhibit, an artifact, there's a story behind it. Um, Would you agree there? Yeah, I would most certainly agree. Well, good stuff. I mean, 
And uh, we had a very special reason to go down to the Hockey Hall of Fame, an extra special reason. We go down there to see Stanley, but we have a championship guest, Ashton, that's coming up on episode 54, and his very name is inscribed on the Holy Grail, the most coveted, the most toughest pro team trophy to win in all of sports ashton tell all the fans who's coming up on episode 54 of champs and chumps nhl fan favorite star broadcaster hockey executive and stanley cup champion glenn healy glenn healy an nhl fan favorite indeed 15 years in the nhl as a goaltender and ashton a truly a champ and chum of your dad's. You know, um, Glenn Healy was a member of your Toronto Maple Leafs when your dad was there. Uh, an incredible person, highly intelligent. It is no surprise to me that we uh, many people anoint heels, heels as I call them, as a hockey savant because he has seen it and done it all He's a, he's a leader, he's a mentor. His current role is the executive director of the NHL Alumni Association. He starred on Hockey Night in Canada, on Sportsnet, on TSN. You would have seen him b between the benches there, Ashton, as we saw some of the videos. He was between the pipes for your Toronto Maple Leafs. And he was, of course, a member of the famous 1994 Stanley Cup winning team than from the New York Rangers, Ashton. Ashton, what do you think about all this? Well, yeah, um Glenn Healy, he's he had an amazing hockey career and uh, it still goes on because he's the hockey executive of the NHL alumni. Well, this is the thing, Ashton. I and he when I when I was dealing with heels, um I knew he was so well poised for that. He was such a an intellect about the game. You know, you see you see that a lot, and you hear that a lot about goaltenders or catchers in baseball. Or, uh, sorry, yeah, baseball catchers, former catchers. They 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 have an intelligence for the game on and off the field or on and off the ice. In this case, but Ashton, you know, uh, I I owe I owe heels a, a lot of gratefulness and 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 thank yous as we both do for being able to come on the show here. But did you, I, well, I've told you this, but fans, did you know that the famous nickname that was given to me, that was anointed to me back in 1997 was Double A, and that was given to me by one Glenn Healy. Ashton, what do you think about that? Well, Dad, some amazing stories you have there with Heels. Well, we're going to have a lot more great stories to catch up on. That's our best of guest for episode 54, Stanley Cup champion, NHL fan favorite, Glenn Healy, coming up on the show. All right, good stuff, Ashton. Well, listen, let's get into father-son free-for-all. Um, February may be the shortest month of the year. This year, actually, it's got leap year, but it continues to be the shortest month of the year. But it is the greatest month for love right ashton and uh your champs and chums have done this 
I guess almost on an annual basis, Ashton, and we're going to present to you again, in the whole spirit of love, we've bored Cupid's twig, and we're going to score straight from the heart, because father and son, are we're going to present to you our gold, gold, gold for love-inspired athlete names. So uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Ashton, you've done some deep research here as well as Dad, so you take it away for your first gold medal for love-inspired athlete name. My first gold medal is Jacob de Groom. Well, I know his name is Jacob de Grum. Yep. Right? I believe that's how you pronounce it. But let's go. We're going to change it up on you, Jacob. Even though you're an all-star pitcher, we're going to take you on. We're going to change it up for this segment because you're going with DeGroom. Why are you going with DeGroom? Because uh, there are grooms at a wedding and people uh, can get married on Valentine's Many Day Many people well. get married on Valentine's Day. So DeGroom is looking for the bride, but you're going to tell <laughs> us about DeGroom. Go ahead, Ashton. So, um, funny enough, he was born in DeLand, Florida. Okay. <laughs> All right. DeLand, Florida. Right. Um, he is currently playing for the Texas Rangers and he's a pitcher. He yeah, bat- and he had he, some injury, bats- injuries uh, beset him uh, last year. Yeah. yeah. He bats left, so he bats as well, and he throws right. His MOB debut was May 15th, May 15th. 2014 for the New York Mets. Yeah, he had some uh, some stellar seasons with the New York Mets. Uh, uh, pitched on the bump for the Mets from 2014 to 2022. Uh, signed, I believe, as a free agent by the Rangers. You mentioned, but look at these statistics, everybody. We'll we'll, we'll share them with you. Four-time All-Star Jacob Degrom. Uh, he was a Cy Young Award winner on the National League twice. ERA leader, rookie of the year, strikeout leader. This man can throw. This man can deal. We love Jacob DeGroom. All right, good stuff. Over to Dad for my uh, uh, my um, uh, gold medalist, my first one for love-inspired athlete names. And Ashton, you you talked about uh, Jacob DeGroom, the whole idea about love and people getting uh, uh, maybe um, uh, exchanging nuptials. Uh, during this time of, of of the year and so with that my favorite of the three that i will announce to you for love inspired athlete names mr wit maryfield ashton what do you think about that well that's a good one because i do get that one you do get it all right well mr wit maryfield is uh, sadly no longer a blue jay to uh the despise of your of your dad, but uh, I know he's often going to be in great places with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, played with the Blue Jays last year, Ashton. He's a three-time All-Star, 2019, 2021, and let's not forget, as a Blue Jay last year in 2023, I mean, he's just a, a multi-purpose kind of player. A, a, a great glove out in the field, can play the outfield. Um, 90 home runs over his career. 1,184 hits, stolen bases. Look at that one, Ashton. 201. The man can hit. The man can field. The man can run. I'm not going to say I want to marry Mary uh, Whit Merrifield, but I know that a lot of fans will feel very merry because I'm talking about my gold medalist, Whit Merrifield. 
All right, Ashton, over to you for your next gold. My next gold is Ron Darling. Oh, Darling, what a beautiful selection. What a beautiful selection. That, that is really smart of you. How, how, how long did it take you to research that one, Ashton? Uh, not so long. I mean, I searched up love-inspired athlete names, and, and there it was. his name came up. There he was. Well, I tell you something. You may not remember Ron Darling. You fans may not remember Ron Darling, but your, your, yours truly here is deep in his baseball knowledge. This man was a great pitcher. Ashton, take it away and tell us more about Ron Darling. So he was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, he batted right and threw right. His MLB debut was September 6, 1983 for the New York Mets, and his last MLB appearance was August 15, 1995 for the Oakland Athletics. And some of his career highlights and awards. He was an All-Star in 1985, a World Series champion in 1986, Gold Glove Award winner in 1989, and he was inducted to the New York Mets Hall of Fame. Well, that's kind of neat that you selected Ron Darling there, Ashton, because not only is uh, was he uh, representing New York as a as a champion in '86, but so was our best of guest in '94, yeah. Glenn Healy, as a as a member of that great Ranger team. But uh, yeah, and you know what's surprising, Ashton? I can't remember. When Mr. Ron Darling pitched for the Montreal Expos, but according to Wikipedia, everybody, he pitched for the Expos in 91. So there's a darling of a selection there. Ron Darling, Major League Baseball pitcher from days gone by. Okay, Ashton, it's now time for my second gold medal. And if you're going to say darling, I will say, okay, my dear, because my uh, uh, next gold medal is former Major League uh, Baseball player, he was quite a home run threat. His name is Rob Deer. Ashton, what do you think about that? Well, I I get that one. Uh, that was a that was a great selection by you. Yeah, it sure was, and I cannot believe that I'm I'm gonna share with you now that Rob Deer is 63 years old now. Everybody, and those of my vintage in your 50s, your late 40s. In your late 50s, early 60s, you'll remember Mr. Uh, Rob Deere, who never had a great batting average, and his 220 batting average would speak to that. But look at this, Ashton. 230 home runs, 600 runs batted in. I mean, this man could mash, but it, it was kind of... There was two scenarios with Rob Deere, Ashton, when, when he was up to the plate. What were they? Um... Not sure. You're a baseball player, man. There were two things that would have happened when Mr. Rob Deere came up to the plate. Okay. He would either it say was a, sayonara, baby. Okay. It's over the over the fence. Or it's a swing and a miss. Or, and, and or it's a, a swing and a miss, get called out on a third strike, and basically put his head between his legs because he was so embarrassed going back to the dugout. <laughs> That's exactly what, what it was. But uh, all to say... Um, the uh, yeah, uh, Rob Deere uh, had some big home runs. I I, I certainly remember him uh, with the M M Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, you know some of my old champs and chums from uh, MLSE days when we used to have our baseball pool. I remember when the great Mike Ferryman picked Rob Deere very high in his uh, in his draft. So uh, Mike, if you're listening, 
uh, goodness, I, I, I still question that selection to this day over 20-something years later. Why you selected Rob Deere? Was it because of the fantasy points? It may have been. Anyhow, Rob Deere uh, was my, my second gold medalist. Okay, Ashton, we're down to the final gold medal selections for love-inspired athlete names. Over to you, my man, for a real beaut. Well, my gold medal is Bobby Valentine. Wow, how did you come up with that one? Was it that article again? Yep. Bobby Valentine, what a lovely, lovely selection. Tell the fans a bit more about one Bobby Valentine. So he was a utility player and a manager. He was born in Stamford, Connecticut. He batted right and threw right. His MLB debut was September 2nd, 1969 for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and his last MLB appearance was September 30th, 1979 for the Seattle Mariners. So um, he had a point. 260 batting average he had only 12 home runs yeah his playing career wasn't all that great but you know you see that in sports all the time you see like a like a journey a journey journey athlete a journey performer that sort of you know well traveled played in the minors played uh you know rode the buses got got a cup of coffee in the in the big show and then they end up being amazing managers because they know what it takes Yeah, um, his career highlights and awards, he was a Japan Series champion in 2005, Golden Spirit Award in 2005, and Matsutaro Shoriki Award in 2005. God uh, bless you, Ashton. (laughs) Sorry about that. Are you okay? Did you have a sneeze or something like that? No, I just I just couldn't pronounce it. Oh, you it. couldn't pronounce it. Okay, well, that's all good. And listen, we're talking about Japanese baseball. We're talking about the premier Nippon League in the Far East. We got a shout-out to a, a friend of the show, a best-of guest, because we love this guy, Mr. Jay Jackson, who was uh, 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 one of the uh, pitchers for the Blue Jays uh, last season. We are so disappointed that you're not coming back, Jay. Uh, to the Jays, but we are so glad to hear that Jay Jackson has signed a major league contract with the Minnesota Twins. Ashton, what do you want to say to uh, our best of guests from Milestone Episode 50? We're so happy for him, so happy for uh, you know for his family and everything else. He's, he was went through a tough season, yet uh, pitched so well for the Blue Jays, and now he's going to the Twin Cities, Ashton. Uh, well... Jay, all the best in Minnesota. Um, you were very good last year, and uh, we'll see if you can continue that uh, into this season. And, uh, yeah, best of luck. Well, for sure, and lots of love to you and uh, your wife, uh, uh, Sam, and, and to JR, of course, and the rest of your family. Uh, what an incredible story uh, last year, Ashton, and having him on the program he was such a key member of the Jays. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that the contract didn't come his way from the Jays. But hey, who knows? Well, maybe we'll be down at the ball yard and maybe we'll get a chance to say hello near the bullpen side to Mr. Jay Jackson. What do you say? Yeah, that sounds great. All right. There you go. Bobby Valentine. And uh, we, we bounced off of that to salute uh, a great uh, best of guest, Jay Jackson. 
And uh, the chapter of love ends here with my final selection. And Ashton, you went with a Valentine for your last gold selection. I'm going to match you heart for heart because my gold medalist for love-inspired athlete names is a Montreal Expo legend. That's right, everybody. Ellis Valentine. Yes, what a lovely selection to end this segment. Ellis Valentine of Helena, Arkansas, now 69 years old. He made his major league debut September 3rd, 1975. Wow. It was 1975. His last major league appearance was in 85 for your Texas Rangers. 123 home runs, 474 ribbies. He played with the Expos. That's kind of where I knew him, Ashton. But he played... uh, He had some seasons with the New York Mets, the California Angels, and the Texas Rangers. Ellis Valentine was a gold glover in 78. He was an all-star in 77. It has been an all-star father-son free-for-all segment, but we got much, much show and much, much love to come in this special episode. Ashton, you're going to take us to break. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-son fun talk. You're listening to episode 54 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our best of segment. And what a championship guest we have for our fans this month. Hey Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to flash your glove hand on episode 54? Sure am. Are you ready to go post to post like buttered toast here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest is a hockey savant. His illustrious resume in support of hockey is long, deep, and everlasting. From between the pipes, behind the broadcast mic, or inside the boardroom, he's blazed a trail of success. The proud native of Pickering, Ontario, enjoyed a 16-year NHL career, backstopping legendary NHL franchises, including the Los Angeles Kings, the New York Islanders, and his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs. His fourth NHL team, earned the toughest team title in all of pro sports, the Stanley Cup. As a member of the renowned 1994 New York Rangers, our best of guest helped snap a 54-year championship drought to raise Lord Stanley on center ice inside the world-famous Madison Square Garden. Our special guest is a well-known broadcaster, His career has seen him star as a color analyst on TSN and CBC's Hockey Night in Canada. His personality, plus plus. Insights and opinion, they continue to power the airwaves. After retiring in 2001 as an NHL goaltender, he went from post to post to leadership posts. Our special guest was Director of Player Affairs for the NHLPA from 2007 to 2009 and is currently President and Executive Director of the NHL Alumni Association, a position he has held since 2017. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by NHL fan favorite, broadcast star, and hockey executive, Glenn Healy. Heels, welcome to Champs and Chums. Well, Double uh, A and Ashton, thank you uh, very much for having me. It is, uh, it's a special honor to be on the 54th, considering it was 54 years, as you mentioned, without a championship in New York. And, you know, the one thing that stands out about that championship is, you know, as we were going to the game, the game seven against Vancouver, you could see walking down the street a grandfather with an Eddie Jockerman jersey on. And then maybe there would be a John Davidson jersey for the for the for the father, and the son would be wearing a Mike Richter jersey. And I thought, well, there you go. You got three generations that hadn't seen a championship, and look what we have now. You got a, a couple generations uh, doing a podcast, you and your son. So oh. proud to be part of it. Oh well, you know what? The honor's all ours, Heels. It's uh, so so great to catch up with you. And you know, as we were just sort of reminiscing off the air, it's 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 been. 25 plus years, I guess, since we, we, we last connected uh, through the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, a lot of great memories there. And uh, the way you described uh, the intent and, and the purpose of that championship moment to what we're doing here, it's really, really special. And uh, we're very grateful. Yeah, you know, and, and the Leaf time that we had together, you know, part of the reason I signed with Toronto was to try to recreate what we had in New York, where we brought a championship to those three generations that had not seen a Stanley Cup picture in color and thought, what would it be like and what would the city be like? And I just thought, if I could do that in Toronto, uh, wow, what would uh, be an exciting moment for sure. And then I kind of figured I'd never have to buy another drink in New York or in Toronto. <laughs> so it would right. have been perfect. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver, they'll make me pay. Uh, but uh, I just I thought it would have been so special to – to do something, and wh- whatever team in Toronto does that, it, it will be a special time for sure. Well, it sure will, and we'll get into that father-son fun talk about the lease a little later on. My chum Ashton has got a burning question for you, but let's kick it off here uh, with father-son fun talk with uh, with our best-of guest, Glenn Healy, joining us on, ironically, episode 54. Actually, no irony there, as Heel said. You know, we plan this all uh, together to have him join us as our special guest. So, Heels, it's Dad over here to the left of the broadcast booth and uh you know we just went over uh your many superlatives your deep resume when it comes to the to the world of hockey and uh as a player though as an athlete you know from your your days in pickering uh uh, playing uh junior and then moving to u.s college and and your inspiring route to the nhl uh, why don't you take the listeners through how that all came to be well it wasn't exactly a glorious start Uh, my parents came over from Scotland after World War II, and coming to this country, you had to play hockey. And so when I turned five, I got my first pair of Gordie House skates for Christmas. Ironic, I'm working with the alumni, and those were my first pair of skates. And uh, off I went to try to start this hockey career at five. And it was back in the days when you had a buzzer system, so you would go on the ice, the buzzer would go off, and you'd change had two-minute shifts. The buzzer would go off again, and the next group would come out. Well, I spent my entire first year as a defenseman, and I never touched the puck once. And at that point, my dad said, time to make him a goalie. <laughs> right. uh, he will have the puck come to him. So that was kind of the start for me. But really what my parents wanted to instill in me was life lessons, being unselfish, being disciplined, being a good teammate, all the things in life that necessarily don't want to listen to your parents when they're teaching you that but you can learn through sport 
So that was the real focus for me. And then as the journey went on, it became apparent that, you know, I, I really lacked a little bit of talent at the time. So college was the best place for me to go. And uh, I managed then to go to Western Michigan and have a, a great four years, end up with two degrees, one in marketing and one in finance. And I think that kind of led and paved the way for me to play in the NHL because I really had no pressure to make the NHL because if I didn't make it, well, I had learned so I could earn. I could get a job because of my degrees. And so, but then, you know, making the NHL became a little easier than maybe it would have been if I put all that pressure on myself. And then the career started in the NHL. And like most players, your goal is to make it uh, without faking it, make it, stick it. And uh, then once you stick around for a little while, a championship is something that really means the most to you. Uh, and when you win one, it's contagious and uh, intoxicating. You want to. doesn't happen for many. Some don't get one. Uh, and then before you know it, you, your career is over, and it's time to you know, take that little short window you have of a career and uh, match it with your long life that follows you after you finish playing in the NHL. Well, well, thank you. Is that a, is that a fair answer? That, that's for, that's uh, an amazing answer. About forty years of having fun with a bunch of good guys, and, and it's still going on, which is which is just amazing with all the wonderful you're you're doing with the alumni association, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I heard lots of great things there, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about education, uh, a little bit in, in a little bit, but um, I heard you talk about your parents, and I, I I'm certain. They were tremendous mentors to you. But we talk a lot about it here on Champs and Chums Heels about great mentors. So how about other mentors in your life and how did they help you build success uh, as a player uh, and a person on and off the ice? Well, I think we all, if you, if you go back, your parents are, are probably the biggest influence that you have. But, you know, then you also look to your time in school and we all have a favorite teacher or two. And my favorite teacher was a gentleman by the name of Tom Kalman. He was my grade eight teacher. And uh, I, to this day, he still has a letter that uh, my mom wrote him, basically telling him, if I didn't do good in school, he wasn't, Glenn will not play any sports. Oh, okay. So <laughs> at that point, I knew I better do good in school because I really like sports yeah. and I want to play them. So I think, uh, you know, from the early days, he would have been a, a big part of of um, kind of my learning process. I had a great coach all the way growing up in Bay Ridges or Pickering. It was Bay Ridges back then uh, by the name of Jim Cannon. He's, he's since passed away, but again, it was all about fun and playing hockey. And I actually didn't do my first drill on the ice until I got to uh, junior. We didn't have drills. We didn't do shooting drills or skating drills. We just scrimmaged, go play. We needed one puck for practice Unless it went into the into the, the crowd and then someone would have to go get it. But it was just about fun, just about playing. So I think, you know, Mr. Cannon probably would have been a, a big influence in me at a young age. And then, uh, you know, college coaches, I mean, Bill Wilkinson taught me what it was like to, to work so that I could take that work, take my talent, and try to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And then in the in the National Hockey League, probably the biggest influence for me and the best coach I ever had and the best coach the NHL has seen would have been Al Arbor, oh. who was uh, incredible in, in every way. And um, I think in a lot of ways, for all the players that play with him, they probably look at Al and they, they would say the same thing. Uh, he, he was like a, a second father 
And that's the way he treated us as people, as players, as almost like his own kids. So, so you know, as you go on your journey, there, there is a bunch of people that have a play into whether you succeed or you don't succeed. You never do this on your own. And that would be my posse. Oh, that's great. That's great. Some tremendous people you uh, you highlighted there. And, uh, yeah, certainly Al Arbor, championship coach. And uh, and Ashton, I think, stood at attention when he heard about that letter going over to Mr. Kalman because uh, he loves sports as well, too. And with that said, I'm going to bring in the real star of the show, uh, my 11-year-old son, Ashton. Ashton, take it away. You've got some great questions here for our best-of guest, Glenn Healy. Well, Glenn, first off, I just want to say um, it's great to have you on the show and um i'm so excited to speak with you on episode 54 uh glenn you've had outstanding success in your hockey career as a player broadcaster and hockey leader with that said glenn can you share some of your personal career highlights with the fans well, I think, you know, you have to always look back at your very your start. And my very first game on Hockey Night in Canada, which, you know, as a, a kid, Saturday nights, it was a staple in our house. And my very first game, uh, I did it with the great Don Whitman. And Don uh, had done many, many games, uh, many Olympics, called many uh, great, great moments in sport. And as I stood in the booth for my very first game, I didn't have my headset on. And at some point in the first minute of play, Don Whitman pushed the mute button and said, hey, stupid, put your headset on. <laughs> right. And yeah. I somehow thought Canada would hear me if I just started speaking. Uh, like the entire booth was Mike. So, you know, that, like that was probably a, yeah. a big highlight, your first game on Hockey Night. Stanley Cup Finals, you know, as a player, the, the goal for a player is to play in the last game that you have ever in the NHL season, which means you made the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. and have a chance of winning it. But also for a broadcaster to, to, to call the last game when they hoist the Stanley Cup. And I got to do that on a number of occasions. I, I've got to uh, broadcast uh, the Olympics on a number of occasions. Uh, believe it or not, Sochi Russia was one of my favorite ones. Uh, only, I guess, because the world was afraid to come over. And so we could go to any sporting event. There were seats everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Uh, but, you know, like all of that, I, I think there, there's highlights all the way through in different things that you do. Uh, even the job I have today, you know, you do take little pleasures and wins when you help uh, players have a better tomorrow than today with, with them and their families. So, you know, I, I can't narrow it down to – as as quick as this show is but i can say there's a, a lot of really bright brilliant ones but let's talk about the best one which is when you hoist the stanley cup over your head and that is probably um the, your dream come true from when i was five years old dreaming of playing in the nhl watching the leafs win the cup and thinking could that be me one day from pickering ontario well it was so that would be my top highlight well, and I, those are some impressive memories there, Heels. And yeah, the the last one you just mentioned, of course, and uh, I, I took Ashton. We had a father-son visit down to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And in fact, he loves the Hockey Hall of Fame. That was his fifth visit. But we wanted to make a, a special visit there uh, to, to see the inscription, your name, your, your signature on the Stanley Cup. And Ashton, why don't you describe when you had a chance to, to walk into the Great Hall there and you walked up to it and we, we pointed to Heels' as, uh a name amongst many, I guess over 2,300 that appear on the Stanley Cup at one time. What did you, what did you think? 
Well, um, going to the Hall of Fame is um, always fun and exciting. But when you get into the uh, Grand Hall, everything changes. Um, it's, it's a bit more magical. Um, all the trophies and the most precious one, the Stanley Cup. And seeing your name on it was just outstanding, Glenn. Well, Ashton, thank you. And, I, you know, I think the one thing that stands out to me when I see it is, uh, you know, they, they don't put your first name on the cup. It's G. Healy. And I think that's important to know because it's your last name that's on the cup. Not your first name, your last name. And I, and I think when I look back at, at my uh, journey in, on, in the NHL and before, it was always a sacrifice from my family that allowed me to play. It was always a sister that didn't maybe get to as many activities as she wanted to, or a family that maybe had to do without certain things because skates and goalie pads are expensive and they were much needed. And so your last name on the cup, I think, is important because that's the sacrifice that your family made for you to get to that point to put the 35 pounds over your head. So so when I look at it, yeah, I I look at the last name and go, it, it, it really is – you know, kind of a whole community that, that got me to where I got to to get a chance to even have a chance at winning it. But certainly your family is the most important of all. Those are sparkling words there about uh, Lord Stanley and great words from our best of guests. And Ashton, you're going to continue with another question. Glenn, on the show we talk a lot about uh, fatherhood. And um, as being a father, Glenn... What are some of the greatest lessons and words of advice you have shared with your kids? Well, I think the same things that I learned as as I was growing up, and and that I think you know, uh, you know, we're not always going to be right in what we do, but I think what we want to do in life is we want to do what's right. And so, for my kids, I I teach them do what's right, stand up for yourself because clearly you you matter. Uh, achieve what you want to achieve, but it can only be done through hard work, uh, integrity, morals. And I think maybe one of the biggest lessons that uh, I I have tried to teach, and I have three girls, so it's different than three boys, and anyone who has three boys can go, yep, I agree, Uh, but it's kindness is free. And it doesn't take much to be kind to other people that maybe uh, are having a bad day, maybe aren't in the same position you're in on that particular moment and being kind costs you nothing. So I I think there's lots of lessons you learn and we've tried to teach our kids, but uh, uh, they've all, all aspired and done well and are dynamic young women uh, ages 24, 22 and 20. So they're, they're all absolutely sparkling. So can't say enough good things, but I will give all the credit to my wife who taught them all those lessons. I just sat and listened to her. Okay, I know you had a big part in it too, but uh, well well done and uh, some great words of advice there and reflection about uh, being a dad, being a parent, and what an important role you play on and off the ice with them for sure. Uh, you're listening to episode 54 of the Champs and Chums podcast. We're here with our best of guest, NHL fan favorite, broadcast star, and hockey executive, Glenn Healy. And uh, Heels, uh, we touched on it a bit earlier, um, you know, the tremendous leadership role uh, you uh, you have with the NHL Alumni Association. And I'm, 
I'm always so taken when I when I hear um, that mission statement, making tomorrow better than 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 today uh, for your membership. And you know, um, you would be the perfect person to ask this question about career transition. Um, you mentioned it at the outset that you know careers are you know, relatively speaking, very short for professional athletes. And um, I'm wondering what advice you, you have um, for succeeding in, in life after athletics, pro athletics, amateur athletics. There's a, there's a, certainly a pivot point that's very important, and I'd love to get your perspectives on that. Well, I think you're right in the sense that we do have short careers. Average career of an NHL player is two years. So it's a very short career. But we have a long life, and what we try to create is that the greatness of that short career and making the NHL and, and doing a job. You'll never have a better job, let's face it. Playing in the NHL is the best job you're going to ever have, uh, unless you, know, you want to work with Ashton on podcasts, and that would be maybe up there, <laughs> yeah, too. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. one and but, one eight, yeah, yeah. But I think you know, that long life should be as good as that, that short career. So the key to it, I think, is to take all of those – uh, things that led to such great success on the ice, the hard work, the never-ending I will never quit, coming up with just new new ways to win hockey games, being unselfish, being a great teammate, uh, all of those things, if you can transpose those from the ice to off the ice, then you're off to a pretty good start. Now, it might be a later start than most people that finish university and they're into the stream and working, but nonetheless, you would be a great asset to any company that would look and say, you know what, this guy, he found a way to be a great teammate with the Chicago Blackhawks or the Detroit Red Wings, whatever the team may be, and he'll be a good teammate in my company. So, but, you know, we, we all are aware that, you know, that transition from being a star player in the NHL, it does come with some, some major hurdles. And I think, you know, there's a few things that happen. One, the minute you stop playing, the phone does stop ringing. You're not exactly that shiny penny you once were when you played with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And two, there's a complete lack of structure in what you do on a daily basis, which NHL players, as you know, AA, That's right. it's all structure. Practice mm-hmm. at the same time. You have a meal. You have a bus. You have to make sure you're on that bus. You have a 5 o'clock meeting, a 5.30 meeting, maybe a 6 o'clock all-general meeting. 6.20, you go on the ice for warm-up. 7 o'clock, you're back on the ice for the game. 7.03 anthem, and then rinse and repeat and do it again. And when you're finished playing, that structure goes. So no interconnectivity, a real lack of structure. To, to me, it, it kind of reminds me of COVID. Isn't that what COVID mm-hmm. was like? I was just going to no say that, Eels, no yeah. interconnectivity. Yeah. So, so it is a challenge. Uh, but I think, you know, most players can find ways to take all those skills that they have when they're skating, you know, for whatever team they're playing with, and then take them into uh, a nice pair of penny loafers as you're making your way into an office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Well, that that's some amazing perspective. Our fans, our listeners are going to play that uh, that great question back many, many times. Some great insights there. Uh, the next couple questions from Ashton. Glenn, throughout your NHL career, you've met some greats and skated with some greats. With that said, Glenn, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why? And they can be from hockey or any other sport. Wow. Okay. Well, that is a, that is a loaded question. 
uh, Messe in soccer. I, you know, watched him play and thought, he's not that good. You know, he kind of walks around the field and doesn't really look like he's working. And then he gets the ball. And then you go, that's magical. Uh, I'll take that any day. You know, uh, when it comes to uh, soccer, parents are Scottish, so soccer was a big part of our family, uh, or they call it football, so to speak. And, you know, that that's that's amazing. You know, the, the gentleman who just won the Super Bowl and seems to win it every year, Mahomes, that, that guy, he's got creativity, swagger, and nothing seems to phase him. Uh, I think he's a, a pretty good guy as well. And And then, you know, when you look at basketball, Everyone goes to the same guys, right? Michael Jordan. Uh, now I, I'm going to go with Curry, and the reason I, I will say Curry is just like, this is a guy who went back and got his degree after he had what 300 million in the bank, but yeah. he told his mom he would do it, and he went and did it. So all the sports have have role models and heroes, and certainly when you get up to that upper echelon of, of star power. Uh, as an athlete, you you look at what some of these guys have done for decades, and you're just in in awe of it and amazed by it. Glenn, the NHL regular season we we are on the home stretch of the NHL regular season, and that means that the NHL playoffs are just around the corner. With that said, can you share with our fans some of the teams to watch come April? And this is a big question for you, Glenn. Will the beloved Toronto Maple Leafs make a deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, uh, okay, so I I would say that Toronto is a team that can do some damage. Uh, They have the firepower uh, that can, can really make a difference because... There are certain things in hockey that you can't teach. Goal scoring is one of them, and they seem to have a number of players that can do it in spades. So they're one of my favorites. They would be a team that I would look at and say they have a chance. You know, we can question things like goaltending and defense, but as as everybody knows, it is a short race once you get into the playoffs, and you basically have to win a couple two-week wars. And if you can do that, then you probably have a chance of going on to the next two-week war and then eventually winning a championship. So uh, they're, they're a really, really darn good team. And, you know, I, I would say this. Uh, anyone who's prognosticating about who's going to win and not going to win, they're crazy, too, because the first round is a complete jump ball. No one knows who's really going to win in that first round. And all the best-made plans of mice and men just are see you later and out the window. Yeah, so right. there is definitely parity in, in the National Hockey League. But, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs, to me, you see what they're on now with a big winning streak. They have that ability, uh, but that's why we turn the games on, because pro sports is nothing but unpredictable. That's amazing, and uh, we're, we're almost near the end of our uh, tremendous best of segment. Uh, Heal, just a couple more questions. This has been amazing already. Uh, you spoke to it uh, in the early part of it. I wonder if we can come back to it to put uh, a bit of extra focus on it. Uh, education, and we talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums, uh, having the uh, wonderful collection of uh, people now, including you, be our, our special guests. Um, how important is education to the youth of yesterday, today, and tomorrow? Well, I think for sure it's, it's of utmost importance. Uh, and there's a couple reasons why. 
not only what you learn, even though you may go to university and never get a job in the field that you studied in, that, that probably happens more than not. But I, I think it's more that you've decided to show everybody that you've got the discipline it takes to start a task, to complete the task, to get up on that stage, to collect your diploma, because you, you started something and you followed it through and you finished it. And, and so I, I think it's of utmost important for your journey in life, not only the life lessons you learn, but also the fact that you, you probably are putting yourself in a better position uh, to, to do something that you want to do uh, because you are not at the mercy of someone else. You've got a skill set you've earned. Your name goes on the diploma. And you can work wherever and when, whenever you want based on the fact you put some hard work in. So I think education is critical. Yeah, that's uh, and, and, and certainly your, your, uh, your travels heals, right? Because I'm sure in, in junior, when you we, we were at the Pickering Panthers, a lot of people thought you might have taken the, the, the OHL route and, and you decided to, to go to Western Michigan. And, you know, you talked about your degree coming out with a degree in marketing and finance. And I just love your comment you made earlier about learn to earn. Uh, I've got that one stapled for me now. Well, you know, I did have that option to play in, in major junior. And if I had chose that option, then college would not be a possibility for me. And Mike Keenan, who was the coach when we won the Stanley Cup in 1994, he was actually the coach of a Peterborough team that tried to get me to take that jump. Uh, but it would have nullified my scholarship. And I, I, I truly believe, I think, uh, my parents really wanted me to be the first Healy that was ever educated. <laughs> because yeah. most of our family was either a right-handed riveter or a left-handed riveter or working in the shipyards of, of John Brown and Clyde Banks Scotland. But there certainly wasn't a lot of... Uh, University of Edinburgh or Glasgow degree. So I, I think they wanted that. And, uh, and it was a, uh, you know, a really, really smart um, decision for them to push that on me because it was probably as equally a smart decision for me to listen. Absolutely. You are a gentleman and a scholar indeed. And now it's time for the final question on this uh, amazing best of segment. I'm going to turn it over to my chum, Ashton. Ashton, take it away. Glenn, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become an accomplished professional athlete and sports leader just like you? Well, like anything in life, what you put into your craft and the effort and the amount of hard work that you want to, to, to put forward to accomplish a goal, uh, it probably was a real result in you getting closer to that goal. And so... The way I've always looked at it, I go as far as I can see, and when I get there, oh, I can see a little further. So keep working. Keep your nose down and go as far as you can see. I'm here, and I can see a little further. And before you know it, uh, you will find yourself in a position to succeed. I would say this, and, and I did this as a goalie when I played. I never put the end result first. So I never went into a game and said, I have to win the game. I went into a game thinking, I have to make the first save. I have to get through the first five minutes. i got to get through the next ten minutes. Wow, I've got a period done. Now I've got two periods done. And I'm in a position now to win the hockey game. Anytime I put the end result first, I never really succeeded. So same as you're, you're playing through your junior career and your minor career and all that stuff, 
don't put the NHL first. Do all the things necessary, and it'll present yourself at the end. Oh, what a championship way to end this best of segment. It's NHL fan favorite, broadcast star, hockey executive, Glenn Healy, has taken the time to join us here in episode 54 of Champs and Chums. And uh, Heels, on behalf of Ashton and I, we want to thank you so much uh, for taking time out to join us. Uh, I, I can't believe it's been 25 plus years since uh, we, we last uh, were, were teaming together uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs and to watch and, and witness all the wonderful things that you have continued to do uh, is just been simply amazing. Uh, you continue to lean in on hockey in such a big way as a, as a leader. And um, yeah, and, uh, and, 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 the, and the story that I didn't really say uh, at the beginning of the, of the segment, but we talked about it off air, we reminisced about uh, fans. You know my nickname is Double A. And it lives to this day. It'll continue till tomorrow, probably forever. It was this uh, man across the microphone, across the airwaves here, Mr. Glenn Healy, uh, when I became a full-time member of the PR team with the Toronto Maple Leafs, anointed me that nickname, and it lives to this day. And I want to just tell you how grateful I am. You, uh, you're so kind and giving your time. You made me feel so comfortable, as everybody did, in, in my new role. And to be able to connect years later and... Uh, and have you join this podcast with my son? It's been absolutely magical. And um, I want to ask my, my chum, Ashton, just to add a few words as well, too. Well, Glenn, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on. And um, I've watched some of your NHL highlights and your um, broadcasting videos, and they are outstanding. And my dad has told me many stories about how you guys met Um with the Leafs and um, the famous story he told me as he just mentioned he told me this when I was very young Glenn um, how he got the nickname of double A and um, it still carries on today so um, Glenn thank you for coming on the show Ashton uh, you're the best and double A I had one moment of creativity and it, it was <laughs> to give you that nickname. Uh, but, yes, thank you for hey, all the time we had in Toronto. And as 25 years has gone by, we haven't changed a bit. We haven't gained a pound. Oh, it's like it's like the train never left the station. Uh, okay, you better get me off the show. I'm lying now. Anyways, but uh, it has been a journey, guys, and a pleasure. And keep doing what you're doing. Oh, that's wonderful. Ashton, you're going to take us to break here on Episode 54. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy February, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's episode 54 of Father-Son Fun Talk. Anthony and Ashton here in the broadcast booth. And we are delighted. No, actually, we love that you're with us here on this special February edition of Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. And our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. This is where uh, young Ashton, my co-host, um, highlights a, uh, a sport, an activity. And we have got a real beauty here uh in this episode because we want to tribute uh we were just uh, coming off an amazing best of 
segment with uh, Stanley Cup champion, hockey executive, NHL fan favorite, Glenn Healy. And we're going to continue all the good, uh, the good uh, messages and all the honors and tributes for our man Heels, our chum Heels, by introducing a, a, a very special all pro go ashton uh what are we going to feature in spotlight this episode so we have the world pipe band championships that's right it's a pipe band competition in the home for heels glasgow scotland and uh if you didn't hear about it in the best of segment um among being an, an accomplished hockey executive an accomplished 15-year NHL veteran, among being an accomplished media star on broadcast networks like Hockey Night in Canada, Mr. Glenn Healy is an accomplished bagpiper, and we are going to pay tribute on this All-Pro Go talking about the biggest World Pipe Band Championship and the competition that's held in Glasgow, Scotland. Ashton, over to you. The World Pipe Band Championship is a pipe band competition held in Glasgow, Scotland. The World Pipe Band Championships have been staged since 1947, although the Grade 1 Pipe Band Competition winners at the annual Cowell Cowell? uh, Highland Gathering were recognized as world champions as far back as 1906. The current venue is Glasgow Green. There are no qualifications to enter, and bands do not have to enter or do not have to enter or win any other competitions. The only requirement is the band is a member of the RSPBA or a pipe band association recognized by the RSPBA. Now you're going to talk about the structure of the competition of these uh, these uh, pipe band championships, Ashton. Normally, several hundreds uh, hundreds of bands will attend will attend, traveling from all over the world. Competition starts at 9 a.m. Depending on the size of the grade, or in the case of grade one, where a ba- where a band has not secured automatic qualification, bands are required to perform in a qualifying round which takes place in the morning the top bands at the end of the qualifying round will play in a second event in the afternoon to determine the winner to win grade one bands must perform in two events a march stratsby and real event known as msr consisting of three pre-arranged tunes one March, one Strathspey, and one Reel, followed by a melody event. Medley. Medley event, uh, which consists of a short selection of music chosen and arranged by the band. The band must prepare to two MSR sets and two medley sets, and then play one. This is drawn on the line. From 2019, the Grade 1 contest was adjusted so that the performances of, of bands on, on the Friday would now count. In 2023, the title is currently held by the Boghull and Bathgate 
Caledonia Pipe Band from Scotland. Well, that's a great job, son, working through this very unique and legendary championship event. This is our all-pro goal for this month, everybody. It is the World Pipe Band Championships. We're honoring our best of guest, Glenn Healy. And uh, it, uh, we go on to talk about uh, the format of the World uh, Championships uh, until 2013. It just took place one day in August. But then, since 2013, the championships have held over two days. Ashton talked about the, the, the different competition grade levels, anything from grade one to novice juvenile B. It is certainly a, a category for young uh, and old and expressing their love for uh piping uh, but i want to bring it back to our best of guest ashen because you know we always put in the work we always put in the research we wanted to put a spotlight on this all pro go on piping and you found some fascinating information so the fans can know that we have verified that uh, mr glenn healy is an accomplished piper why don't you share more about uh um his uh his piping band so he is part of the Highland Creek Pipe Band. They were formed in 1954 and they are from Pickering, Ontario. Pickering, Ontario, hometown of many great things, including your man, our chum, Glenn Healy. All right, everybody, that was an amazing All Pro Go segment, and there is more show to come. You're listening to episode 54 of the Champs and Chums podcast. father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 54 of the champs and chums podcast we're so glad that you're with us here uh, for our next edition of father-son fun talk and ashton it's now time for our signature segment that's right everybody it's our champs and chums segment where we salute our stars on and off the field and ashton i guess i better pull back and modify the sentence i just said it's a chance to salute our champs and chums are stars on and off the ice because we just a few segments ago had the great privilege and pleasure of speaking with uh, Stanley Cup champion uh, star hockey executive uh, media star NHL veteran of 15 years uh, Glenn Healy uh, and he was a member of one of the most famous Stanley Cup winning teams in the history of the NHL last, and that being the 93-94 Stanley Cup winning New York Rangers. And we will put a spotlight on that because in the, in the whole spirit of champs and chums, that entire team pulled together and did some magnificent things. And um, if we didn't mention it, Ashton, um, during this show already, um, did you know that we are here? What, what episode number we are in here now? 54. Well, 54 puts into focus for the special champs and chums, uh, segment because in 1994, the Rangers were the NHL team that won the Stanley cup after 54 years of drought. They finished with the league's best record and set a franchise records for wins and points. And this was what's so beautiful about that run they had, Ashton. They overcame two seven-game series against the Devils and the Canucks. 
with the memorable performances by Mark Messier, uh, Leach, Richter, Graves, add Kiprios, add Healy, who were on that Stanley Cup winning team, Nick Kiprios, episode 37, best of guest, now Glenn Healy, episode 54, best of guest, uh, general manager on that team, uh, Neil Smith, the coach, Iron Mike Keenan, what a story that was, and so we are going to tribute the 1994 Rangers as uh, champs and chums, and so Ashton is going to share uh, first of all, we're going to honor a champ from that 94 New York Ranger team. Ashton, take it away. So my champ is Mike Richter. Mike Richter, the goaltender. Yeah. And of course, Ashton, our best of guest, Glenn Healy, was the backup goaltender, the second goaltender to Mike Richter. But Mike Richter had a glorious performance all season and uh, there's a photo that we're looking at here, Ashton, of, of Mike Richter hoisting Lord Stanley proudly over his shoulders. Why don't you share a little bit more about the now 57-year-old Mike Richter? So he was a goaltender. Um, he played for the New York Rangers. Um, he was drafted 28th overall in the 1985 uh, for, from the 1985 New York Rangers. Um, his playing career was from 1989 to 2003. Well, you know what that means. He played his entire career as a Ranger. That's pretty special. Yep. And his Olympic um, medal record in 2000, 2002 Salt Lake City, representing the United States, um, he won silver. In the 1996 World Cup of Hockey, representing the United States, he won gold. And in the 1986 uh, World Junior Championships in Hamilton, uh, representing the United States, he won bronze. Well, I mean, Mike Richter uh, backstop a number of uh, world-class performances. But, of course, that run in 94, what we're featuring here on this uh this month's segment of Champs and Chums was nothing short of spectacular, Ashton. I mean, uh, I think it was game four of the Stanley Cup Finals where he made that famous stop against uh, the noted uh, Vancouver Canucks sniper, the NHL superstar Pavel Bure in a penalty shot. Um, yeah, I mean, he really backstopped that team over the Canucks seven games to win their first Stanley Cup in 1940. Since 1940, that is the Rangers. Great selection for your champ here on episode 54. That is Mike Richter. Okay, over to Dad. And we just talked about him a short while ago. We just featured him on our best of segment and we'll continue to talk about all the wonderful things he continues to do in the world of hockey. My champ and chum of episode 54 is Glenn Healy. And Heels, as I just mentioned, was the uh, backup goaltender for Mike Richter on that winning Ranger team. I mean, you heard some of the stories in the, in that, in the segment, everybody, how special it was, how that team pulled together how they had to show determination, how they had to show high standard, how they had to persevere. I mean, those those coming, winning Game 7 series, Ashton. I mean, that's amazing. And there's Glenn Healy. 
we see a Fodor here raising the Stanley Cup. Uh, Glenn Healy, of course, um, a, uh, a great career uh, in the NHL, played for the Rangers, played for the Islanders, played for the Kings, and of course, played for your Toronto Maple Leafs, where your dad, Ashton, had the real pleasure of uh, working and teaming together with Heels uh, for a few seasons. Um, and yeah, he's doing exceptional things as uh, a great leader in hockey for the good of the players that did a lot of great for the game. And that is why I'm highlighting Glenn Healy as a champ and chum here on episode 54. Okay, Ashton, uh, it's over to you for you're going to actually match me and talk about a champ and chum. Go ahead, Ashton. My champ and chum is Nick Kiprios. Kipper. Well, we go from one line mate, one great chum to another one. And Nick Kiprios, who joined us on episode 37 of Champs and Chums, was another winning member of that 94 New York Rangers Stanley Cup team. And of course, Kipper's gone on to do a many amazing things. Uh, media superstar has these, his drive home show, uh, Kipper and Bourne, that you can listen to on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, watch nationally on Sportsnet. Ashton, um, uh, what do you remember most about that great chat with, with Kipper? He did talk about the cup and what it meant to have his name on there. I remember that. Yeah, that was a uh, great thing he said there about the cup and um, just his story of getting to getting the, there. Getting yeah. there. Undrafted, of course. Undrafted That's the book. as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, and his book, um, which you've taken a, a read into, um, what, what are your thoughts on the book? Well, I thought it's great because it's, it, it's his life story. It's what he needed to do. I mean, here's a guy that played for the Sioux Greyhounds, Ashton, and scored 50 goals. I'm sorry, uh, 62. I think it was sort 62 for the North Bay Centennials. I think I, I had my junior hockey teams mixed up, but yeah, uh, he had 62 in the 85-86 OHL season with the North Bay Centennials, um, but he knew, and he played. He talked about in the in the book that in order for him to sort of make it, at, even undrafted, he would have to to play a different kind of game, a different type of style. He, uh, you know, he never backed down from anybody on the ice, Ashton. You know, um, and that's what I so admire about uh, about Kipper. Uh, Kipper and Heels are are still great chums to this day, and to have them come on champs and chums, Ashton is uh is just uh it's it's an it's an amazing thing after all these years these players suited up for your toronto maple Leafs, were nhl fan favorites and they've come on our show ashton what do you think about that well it's just great to see how um such big nhl stars um come on our show and we have a great time chatting with them and it is always a great it was a great episode with Kipper and it was a great episode with uh Heels as well. And it's not done yet. Great segment. Two chums that played for your Stanley Cup winning 94 uh New York Rangers and uh yeah, I mean Kipper uh not only played for the Rangers, of course we mentioned him playing for the Maple Leafs when your dad was there with the team. Uh, also played with the NHL Hartford Whalers, played with the Washington Capitals. There you have it. A Stanley Cup champion, 
a champ and chum, Nick Kiprios. Okay, uh, I guess it's over to Dad to complete this segment, Ashton, and I'm going to anoint a champ. And that's a champ with a capital C, because he was also had the C on his jersey, Ashton. My champ of that 94 winning Stanley Cup champion team was probably one of the greatest leaders in pro sports. That's Mark Messier. Ashton, what do you think about that? Have you played Mark Messier in some of those uh, NHL video games? Yes, I have. Just yesterday, um, I used the NHL Alumni Association um, Rangers team, and uh, he was on the team, so I think I did score two goals with him. Hockey Hall of Famer, 2007. Uh, his name is engraved amongst that team with Kipper and Heels, one of the greatest leaders in pro sports, Mark Messier. And I, I tell you, that 94 run they made and all the, that guarantee he made that there was going to be a Game 7. I mean, talk about the, uh, the confidence. Talk about the belief. Talk about the heart. Talk about the desire. Talk about the ambition. And the drive to, to, to succeed, this man said, boys, get on my shoulders. We're going to win this darn game. And boy, oh boy, they did. And they went on to win and break that string. Uh, again, everybody, how, how eloquent and uh, ironic it is. We're talking about the 94 Rangers with a Stanley Cup champion in Glenn Healy. 54 years ago, they... Uh, they had won the stand. Uh, they had broken the drought, the 54-year drought. We're here on episode 54, and I've just honored the captain of that team, Mark Messier, drafted 48th overall in the 79 draft for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the man's won Canada Cups, uh, three of them, uh, uh, the gold medal. He uh, he competed in the World Cup in '96, but everybody will remember with that great run. The leadership that he showed, the intensity that he brought, he and the team of the New York Rangers, they hoisted Lord Stanley and was so deserving of that. All right, everybody, that was a real special episode honoring a special segment honoring the 94 Stanley Cup winning Rangers. There's a little bit more show to come. You're listening to episode 54 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time to close what has been one of the most loving and lovely segments in recent memory of Champs and Chums. Uh, How do you think it went today? It went amazing, outstanding, and great. Well, that's really great to hear. Um, And as I always do, and I'll ask you again to end episode 54, what did you learn today? Well, I learned that Glenn Healy has many talents, but I did not know that he was a professional piper. Well, he certainly accomplished many things, and Glenn Healy has had a long-time love. Of course, his heritage and his roots from Scotland and uh, all of that said, uh, he's had a passion uh, for a lot of things, and yes, I'm glad that you, that uh, that you uh, came to the knowledge that he's accomplished as a piper. And what was the name of that uh, 
of the uh, of the of the piping band again. The Highland Creek Pipe Band. That's right. Shout out to the Highland Creek Pipe Band. You got a great man, a great chum there in heels, and I'm sure all of you have a lot of fun doing something that you love. All right, what else did you learn on episode 54, Ashton? Well, I learned more about the outstanding 93-94 Stanley Cup champion New York Rangers team. Well, Ashton, I'm so glad that you actually gripped on the story, and I'm so glad that we were we were grateful to have a member of that Stanley Cup winning team on the show. Of course, we had Kipper on episode 37, now having heels who uh, had a great vantage point as the seconds uh, winded down and Lord Stanley was brought out onto the ice of Madison Square Garden for all the electric fans as they would have celebrated their first cup in 54 years. That journey, the stories, the heart, the hardships, all those things, and, and, and Heels would have spoke to some of that, was a lot of fun, and I'm so glad that you learned a lot from that incredible sports experience. Uh, what else did you learn? Well, I didn't know that Rob Deere was a bad pick in fantasy baseball. Well, i tell you something, yes, uh, and, and I wasn't the one that made the pick of Rob Deere, but i got to tell you something, Rob Deere, he was a Deere kind of player because when he hit the ball, he could mash. It was just sometimes... It was like 50-50. He would either knock the ball out of the park or uh, basically uh, get caught looking, get caught swinging, and then have to go back to the bench and grab a, a cup of Gatorade to get ready for the next time up in the in the batting order. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I kind of miss fantasy baseball, Ashton. But uh, anyways, maybe we'll look to get back into that in short order. Uh, it has been an incredible show, a lovely show here in episode 54. Ashton, who do we want to thank uh, for all their hard work and effort. We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. Founding members of Champs and Chums, they joined us, the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis. Thanks so much for all your love and support of Champs and Chums. We want to thank, uh, we want to thank, yes, that's right, we want to thank in a very big way. That's the only reason why I hesitated, everybody. We want to thank Stanley Cup champion, hockey executive, media star, and great mentor, that's uh, Glenn Healy, uh, who was joined us and was, it was an incredible segment. You're going to have to dial back and listen to more of that. It was great to have Heels and catch up with him after all these years. What an amazing man and doing great things, continues to great, do great things for the past, present, and future for hockey. Ashton, um, where can the fans go uh, to subscribe and check us out? They can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Play, SoundCloud, and many more worldwide podcast platforms. Many more worldwide podcast platforms. You can listen to father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship. And of course, fans, we're on social. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. No, that should say X now, Ashton. YouTube. We're on TikTok, at Champs and Chums, our website, champsandchums.com. Okay, Ashton, this is going to be our most ferocious, our most feverish, our most fan-friendly February fist bump, my man. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. And Ashton, as we always say, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening.